The following podcast contains spoilers, so you have been warned. Mwah. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Don't Make Me Watch. This week you can expect online therapy, the creepiest of neighbours, one massive ass fence, and I and romance. Ooh. You'll notice I was speaking oh, very quietly this week. Yeah. That's because it's 9am on a Sunday as we record this. Because this is the only time that we could get together and record. And everyone is asleep in my house. So. Yay. So, culture this week, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? I've been really busy this week. Mm. Um, oh, I went to see the Carol Churchill place mm. at the Royal Court, which I think How is they? about to end. Interesting because I really like her as a playwright mm. and I think she's awesome. But also this got like amazing reviews from everywhere. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it, but I was left so mystified by it. Okay. And now reading the reviews I feel like, oh wow, it's so good because I was left mystified by it, but at the time I would definitely remember feeling like a little bit lost. Yeah, fair enough. So I'm so I probably did love it, but I, d- I don't know if I love it just because the reviews told me I should. No, I, f- I, f- I feel like I've, I've definitely seen things like that. I think, oh, what was it recently I watched? I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, this is really, I appreciate this. I feel that actually yeah. with a lot of music is, I really yeah. appreciate this. This is like really incredible music. Do I like it? Maybe um, not. I don't know. Oh, do you know what I did see? That was unequivocally good. Yeah. Well, Carol Churchill was unequivocally good, but um, Criminal UK, Dean uh, Tennant, the first episode. Yeah, I've been to watch that. It's only three episodes long, it's so good. Okay. It's a bit, you know, Line of Duty? Yes. You love Line of Duty? We do love Line of Duty. I'm to put it on. Anyway, um, it's just the interrogation scene for like 45 uh, minutes, wow. and you see the people on the other side of the glass and the criminal being, or cr- suspected criminal, yeah. being interrogated. Homicides, right, are by men to men, mm. and I know they're maybe not the most emotionally like interesting ones. Yeah, definitely. But it feels a little bit. Mm. Like, I suppose okay. it's fiction, so it has to have that kind of. I know it was just more like, okay, we get him, like men beat up women. Yeah. It's a trial. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what have you got? Um, or seen? So two things. Um, recently started watching Mind Hunter. Oh yeah, I've watched that. Yeah. Yeah, which I think the first episode really doesn't do it justice. Yeah, and then the I second, really didn't like the first and then episode. It kind of, it, it, I think, similarly to when we were talking about episodes, just mm-hmm. make episode one and two one episode, cut the flag from episode one, shove them together. I feel like I would have liked Mindhunter, because I did enjoy it. I watched the first series, but I'm not going to watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know enough about the like murders they're always hinting at. Yeah, I think, I think it does help if you kind of, one, if you know a lot of true crime and know a lot of American true crime. Yeah. And two, if you kind of like that sort of true crime thing, and I'm not, as we'll see when we talk about <laughs> things later in the show, I'm not the biggest fan of true crime. Yeah, um, but second thing is, I went to see The Farewell in the cinema, mm. and oh my god. I'm so keen to see it. It's, it is the best film I've seen all year. Oh. It is heartbreaking and oh. funny and poignant, and the direction's amazing, the performances are so good. Oh, just, I mean, basically, I walked out of this film and went, Okay, so Lulu Wang wins Best Director, this wins Ben's Picture, Aquafina wins Best Actress, like, okay. all of... I've got to see it. It's, it's, 
it's so good and it's also like such an easy watch like it's a film that the pace is so good i saw i think this is because like foreign language films are often mm. for more mature audiences for like obvious reasons mm. or they're for kids so it's like rare to have one this one's a 12. yeah i remember seeing the certificate and being really surprised because i was like mm. oh i thought this was going to be like a no you know because it's i'm saying deep exploration 70 percent of it is in mandarin and then 30 oh, percent really? in okay. english okay, okay so it's kind of because it's because Aquafina's character has mostly grown up in the States mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so her family emigrated to the States mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting and then there's just some moments with, with one of the characters who is just hilarious okay. just because she does everything through facial expressions okay, and right. it's so funny and I, I don't want to say anything more than okay, that because I really think you need to I will, say it I will go see it, I will go see it <sighs> okay, so this week with the show we're doing a slightly different format where we're going to do my TV, then oh, Alice's then film, film then my film, then my TV, for reasons that will become clear, you'll want to listen to you'll the want to, we're saving it, I've just been dicks for making you really listen to the whole thing, yay. yay, so for my TV this week, I asked you to watch a Stephen Mannion comedy, which I was very surprised you hadn't seen, and I want to know what you thought about Hang Ups. is from 2018. It's a British sitcom starring Stephen Mangan and Catherine Parkinson. It follows Stephen Mangan playing an online therapist who's trying to rebuild his life and it sort of focuses on the lives of his family and all of his patients and it does it through everything is told through screens. Almost everything. Almost everything is, yeah, is told through screens and so you kind of, there's that disconnect from his patients but also, also yeah, that disconnect from his family. I think it's really... I don't think this is the best comedy ever. I just don't think this is the best Stephen Mangan comedy, but I think it's a really interesting one and one where it has a gimmick, but I think the gimmick works quite well. So I want to know what you thought. Yeah, I agree, but I like the gimmick. I thought you, I thought you explained it really well then, like the idea of a disconnect, mm. which I had like picked up on subconsciously, but not really yeah. properly. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting thing. I, I, really like Stephen Mangan and basically everything. Yeah. I really like Catherine Parkinson and it has like this whole ream of guest stars mm. which are, who are all amazing yeah. actors and like It's got comedy. Richard E. Grant in it playing oh, his dad. No, playing his therapist. The his therapist, yes. The, the best character in the whole thing. Yeah, it's like, Steve Oram Steve as well. Mangan will like be online messaging his <clears> therapist <throat> and Stephen Mangan will be like, I just, my dad is, my dad, he's played by Charles Darth. So. Oh yeah. It's really stressing me out and like launches at me, da 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 da. And then Richard, you can't be like, and how does your penis feel when that happens? <laughs> it's so funny. It goes up. It's just like, yeah. he's the best character in it. Yeah. Also, Steve Oram, who plays kind of the mob boss. Oh, yeah, it's mob boss. I don't yeah. Because yeah. it kind of, I mean, I don't know how much <laughs> of it. Have you only watched episode one? No, I watched two episodes. Okay, because you kind of see that the reason that he's doing this online therapy is because he's in a fair bit of financial trouble. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. I saw that. Um, yeah, and Jessica Hines is in it as yes, well. Yes, his sister. And like, they're just really, really funny people. And like Sarah Hadland is one of his clients. Oh, yes. That, like, all the guest stars are great. All the little clips of the therapy things mm. are great. I think I was confused about what it would, was going to be about mm. and I thought each episode was going to be him talking to one client Yeah. and that and I would have preferred that. I, would I have, agree. I think a sustained focus on two characters and how they interact would have mm. been really funny and yeah. also quite deep mm. and this became like 
like here's it was like it was made for the YouTube audience in terms of it was like here's a 30 second clip of a funny person yes. now we're going to move on to another third funny yeah. person and then in the background you get his life but he's such a dick to his children he is such a dick to his children it's really hard to like it makes you not want to sympathise with him and I think that's a failure of the show Definitely. and I know they were probably doing it deliberately but I don't think it works I think I think yeah I think everything you said I completely agree with I I think with the, with the series it has that thing of that obviously it's got Stephen Mang and Stephen Mang kind of just the sort of like befuddled yeah. person who's way out of his depth very very well and I think that he's definitely playing to his strengths in the show I think Catherine Parkinson is good but I also don't think she's in it enough for the first couple of episodes she gets more and more to do as she the series progresses like this bloody, I know I'm sure they were making a point with it but like she's this woman who's a lawyer but also sorts out her entire family and yeah. her husband's just like you're like why and then she seems to have a really good relationship with Stephen Mangan. Yeah. And it's like, why are you putting up with this? I would be so angry. Yeah. Like, he forgets his son's careers day or something. Mm. His son is the only guy without a parent at school. If I was married and my husband did that to my child, I would be like, get out. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? You'd be like, you idiot. Yeah, it's... And she's like, oh dear, not again. Uh, you do get the impression that he's at the stage because obviously his kids are both teenagers that yeah. he's just frustrated with his children because yeah. I imagine that, it, it, that like obviously we've both been teenagers yes, we were yeah. both probably shits when we were teenagers yeah. like 100% was and we've both had recent experience dealing with teenagers oh yeah um, <laughs> and I think it's something that it does do quite well but also I think it does it well to the detriment of the narrative yes I think, like you were saying, if it focused, say, having just one episode where he's maybe talking to his therapist and his dad, like, flitting between those yeah. two, would have been really good. And you do get kind of a lot of, like, cycles of him doing therapy with lots of different people. So Sarah Haddon will pop up, Steve Oram will pop up, David Tennant pops up at one point. I think because you've got those cycles of guests, I, I think possibly not having, removing the family angle altogether would have been better. Yeah, I agree. And I think because it does feel very cluttered as a show. Because there's a way to do the kind of multiple strand, like lots of different stories going on at once, like Green Wing does it very well. Mm. Um, and I just don't think this, this, he used the kind of the gimmick as a, oh yes, we must do it like this, and it just... It feels slightly irrelevant that he's a therapist, yeah. which I think is the problem, because the whole point is like, it's called hang-ups, surely it's supposed to be about the therapy angle. Yeah. And the therapy actually, is and very And the bloody like, money angle, yeah. like the mob boss, I thought... This isn't like this, this isn't, isn't funny enough for you to put in. No, I like the guy who's playing the guy. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't <laughs> seen Sightseers, I haven't. Is that the one with Alice? With Alice Lowe in it? Yes, yes. I it's, keep meaning to watch it. Oh, that's going on the list. It's okay, cool, he, him and Alice Lowe in that are so funny because uh, the concept of Sightseers basically is a couple that go on like a shit British camping holiday and then go on a murder spree. Yeah, because she's done that pregnant film as well, right? Oh, yeah. Which I haven't seen, but I really want to, which is like where her fetus is telling her to kill people. Yeah. Which I just think is yeah. a hilarious concept. And also she's in Horrible Histories, so... Yeah, well, so we love her. But... Indeed. We love her. Yes. But I think that's... That's with her, that's the thing with hang-ups, is it is... It's good, it's like it someone pitched, It's like someone pitched a show to Channel 4, oh. and it was about therapy. And then they were like, yeah, but what if it's also a commentary on, like, the family? Yeah. And then someone was like, and also what if it's, like, his family and also, like, mm-hmm. do, do I, like as in, it feels like lots of people just added loads of stuff in yeah. and no one at any point was like, what is the intrinsic point of the show? Mm-hmm. And that's complete. Yeah, I felt I felt a bit fobbed off. Yes. Yeah. I wanted 
something different. A bit more focus. <laughs> I just wanted that. I think the therapy thing is so interesting and yeah. can say a lot more than like once again seeing a dad who's shit yeah. caring for his children. Like we've seen that in sitcoms time and time again. It's yeah. so unnecessary to see again. And it's just like, doesn't add anything. No. It'd be so much more interesting if it was just. It really How doesn't. does a therapist who's got lots of shit going on in his own life deal with like some crazy person? Crazy stuff, yeah. Who's like, I'm going to talk about shaving my bush. Yeah. Which is what Sarah Hadman does. So that wasn't yes. like me projecting. No, but uh, yeah, I think I think we feel pretty similar about mm. this. But I think we must move on to your film. Yes, my film. <gasps> Format change. Okay. Um. So. This week I asked you to watch a documentary, Ooh. which is called Abducted in Plain Sight. So, Abducted in Plain Sight um, is also apparently known as Forever B. I've never heard of it like that, but if you know it like that, well done. Um, it's a 2017 true crime documentary, which was basically released by Netflix in 2019. So it's produced before and then Netflix released it and it became very famous. Yeah. And it covers the kidnappings, plural, of Jan Broberg Felt, who was a teenager who lived in Idaho and she was abducted by her neighbour in the 1970s. But she appears in the documentary, so you know that she is at least physically okay yes. um, after these abductions. Mm. But the reason it's amazing is because of the parents. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say because I want to know your thoughts. I think, I think, yeah, I think. Oh, sorry, I should say. It was directed by Sky Borgman. Well done, Sky. Mm-hmm. Good job. Um, I think, yeah, the, the parents bit is, it's got kind of similar to, to fire, when we talked about fire, it's got that, wait, the fuck moment? So yeah, essentially, so the, the creepy neighbour who kidnaps who, this child. Honestly, as in, not to stereotype, but he looks like a paedophile. Yeah. If you were going to draw like a paedophile, it would be him. Yeah. So, cre- cre- creepy neighbour who kidnaps and seduces a child. Yeah. Um, also, Seduces the parents. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Like, there's the dad just sitting there talking really awkwardly about how he gave this creepy guy a hand job in a car. As his wife is conducting an affair with him as well. Yeah. It's like the funniest thing. Oh my god. As in, it's awful because the dad starts crying. Yeah. And he's like, it's the worst thing I've ever done. So half of you is like, this is so emotional and like, I'm feeling so sorry for you. And half of you is like, you moron. (laughs) Like, Oh, it's it's because both the parents also like discuss it, and and they just sort of you can see the dad sink into the armchair that he's sitting in. Yeah. And it's it's one of those just hang on wait the fuck moments. Yeah, it's amazing. That being. It's set. also because they're interviewing the parents and they're like they must be in their eighties. Eighties, yeah. They're like quite old. Yeah. It just feels really like. Well, maybe but sad, got, but also hilarious. They've got no fucks to give anymore, maybe. Oh no, I feel like they have fucks to give. They look very upset. True. That's why it was sad. Yeah. He's just been like, like the guy who did it in Fire documentary. Yeah. He's got a career out of that. He's got a career out of it, and at least he were like, because that's also, but at least he was like gay, yeah. and he didn't actually have to go through with it. These no. people like did those things. Yeah. Oh. But I think that all being said, I think my, it's interesting comparing this to Fire. I think Fire manages to keep as a documentary, the interest at a much higher level for much longer. Yeah. yeah I think I this has a real, like, peaks and troughs. Because yeah. there are bits where they're just sort of talking about how they couldn't find her for about ten minutes. Hmm. And it's and I get that, but also it, it doesn't add anything to the story, at least from my perspective. It, okay. th- th- it felt, as a documentary, it felt a bit flabby. 
it goes from periods of massive interest to periods of, oh, I don't really care. Oh, okay. and I, I felt like it moved on pretty swiftly. Just because she was constantly getting abducted. She was, I mean, that's the thing is, she was she got abducted at least, what, three or four times? Oh, was it as much as that? I thought it was like twice, it was twice maybe it was three. No, because one time she went to find him. Oh my gosh. Because this is, this is the creepy thing. The story is like really interesting in many ways. I yeah, I don't want to say more just because like... Oh, I think we... Oh, we've, to be fair, we've given away the handjob, so... The handjob was the best bit. <laughs> the handjob was the best bit. Uh, I, think, I think that with it, it's like... There is sort of just some moments where I was like, hang on, so it took you two days to call the police when but she first went Honestly, the most interesting thing is like, you're watching the family tell the story, like all the sisters, yeah. like the girl who was adopted and the parents, they're all basically doing it separately, like not in a big mm. group. And I feel like the most, the thing that kept me watching is because I was just desperate to see them together at the end. Yeah. Because I was like, how as a child could you forgive your parents for doing exactly, that? Exactly, yeah. Because like, oh, the best bit of the, I still talk about this with people. And I watched it like months ago. The best bit is when, or the worst bit, is mm. when he goes away, the neighbour, gets a note from a doctor being like, he has these weird thoughts about your daughter, but the best way to cure it is by him sitting on her bed with her as she goes to sleep yeah. and like reading to her. And, and like, the parents are like, okay, cool. So it's he from gets a her, in her in her room. It's terrifying. On his own. As she goes to sleep and he lies in bed alongside her and plays himself tapes of like... Her talking. Her talking. It's really fucking creepy. And you're like, as a parent, were you not... When did you not... When did you start being like, yeah. this normal? I just, I don't know, I feel... I think Mad. that's... There's so many words, but there was kind of just... A, there was quite a, Especially towards the end, I feel like it went to a real lull towards the end. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that's a problem that a lot of film documentaries have. I think for me this one was particularly... No, but the bit with the alien is pretty good. Oh yeah, but that's in the middle. Oh, is it? I have... Maybe I forget the ending because it, it yeah. doesn't have... I always think that's in the ending. No, the ending's with them talking about the book they released. Oh yeah, no, I remember that. I thought it was only five minutes long. No, it was about ten. Oh. And I just, I feel like I'm not a big fan of like true crime. I don't listen to like true crime podcasts. Oh, Serial is so good. I just, it? I don't know. I just don't... I don't want to read that sort of stuff. I don't know. Well, like, I don't watch listen that sort of to stuff. it as much as other people do because I find it a little bit like... Masochistic. Y yeah, I f yeah, exactly. Masochistic is... Or sadistic. Yeah. Because like, yeah, I feel like I'm taking delight on other people's pain in, in a way. And it, mm, that's, it always makes me feel a bit But icky. I did love serial and I love like crime. Yeah. I love read murder mysteries about. <laughs> I love crime. Go and hold up a bank. Yeah, I'm a criminal. But I think, I think there's, there's sort of some things that kind of that just sort of spoke to deep society in America and it's sort of like the fact that like she could with parental permission get married at 13. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, first of all, fuck that. Two, then there's a great, I think I talked about Forefront with Samantha B before, there is a full segment on the fact that that is still a thing in the States. Yeah. And you're like, what? No. No. It's also, it's, I think it's really interesting on religion because they're religious. So they're really, Mormons, yeah. They're Mormons. And even though it's like obviously this isn't in the Mormon religion, no. I should say very clearly, but like it feels like they are more susceptible to mm. his um, manipulation because he's yeah. clearly a master manipulator. Yeah, like, exactly. He, he is. But it feels like they're more susceptible because their religion, yeah. their religious beliefs, mm. and the religious community they have, which you could say about like loads of different religions. But there's also like and the aliens thing. Oh, the aliens like, thing. The, maybe it's just British, but like. I feel like that was very American. I feel yeah. like I was saying quite a lot about like 
how they treat children, how they treat religion, and yeah. how they treat like theories about mm. stuff. Yeah, I think I think like the aliens thing. I was just like, for me, that would be the point where I would just be like, okay, this is bullshit. Yeah, but like if you're a twelve-year-old who this has been going on to since True. she was like nine or yeah. something, then you I, I think the aliens would have been like a step too far. I don't know. I feel like she's in such a vulnerable position that at that point you just believe. I've just been doing 1984. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's like as soon as you start lying to someone consistently for ages, mm. by one at some point they have to believe everything because there's they don't know anything else. Yeah, like they did in Russia. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like for me there was kind of that issue that kind of issue with the film. I'm not a country grandma. I just found the pacing a bit clunky. But the what the no, fuck moments are re- realistically like what the fuck. Yeah. Not, I don't, I still think the, the, the fire one tops it. It's because this is all about sex at yeah. the end of the day because the guy is in love with a, a child. Mm. It feels much ickier. Yeah, but as in it's more shocking in fire because it's so little to do with sex up until that point. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? what? And also I think because, like, obviously this, it's happening to a child, whereas in fire it's happening to rich spoiled brats, for want of a better word. Yes, yeah, so you can kind and of... And there's a little bit of schadenfreude in there. Slightly, yeah. Yeah. But I think I think yeah, I, I think it's interesting. It's interesting, to have definitely. A yeah. Crime documentary in which the victim is talking in it. Oh yeah, that's that really. Helped. That was like the best bit of it. Yeah, and it having. And it took me a long time to work out that she was a child because I was like yeah. watching it half asleep. And yeah. Yeah. I think the issue with Alice was they used two different shots of her. Her yes. interviews clearly did not all take place in the same place. And yes. I was like, oh no, your that wardrobe department let you down there. <laughs> it's a it's a documentary that I have had lots of conversations yes. about, and I feel it's like definitely that's one good. that makes you talk. Yeah. But I don't know if they're about the right things. Yeah. Because you know, like other documentaries, you like talk about the actual concepts that they raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like most of the conversations are about this. Like that, those job. parents are crazy. Yeah. I would never be like that. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably not what you want to feel. No, like. no, no. You want to be like vulnerable children are. Yeah. Are vulnerable. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. But I think speaking of vulnerable children, let's talk about my film. Oh my god, what a horrible segue, but yeah. <laughs> but also an accurate segue. Yeah, very accurate. My, this is... Just a very upbeat tone, like talking about <laughs> <vulnerable> children. Woo! <laughs> yeah. This week's watching was not fun. No. But I think, again, this is a, a moment of, I have seen a film, no one has seen this film, I will make Alice watch this film because Yay. I want to talk about it. Um, and I would like you to watch Rabbit Proof Fence. Fence is a 2002 Australian film directed by Philip Noyce based on the book Follow the Rabbit Proof Fence by Doris Pilkington Garimara. It's loosely based on a true story of the author's mother um, about how her and two other mixed race Aboriginal girls escaped from essentially a white re-education camp yeah. in the 1930s and found their way home by following a rabbit proof fence that traverses across Australia. Um, this is a film that I think I just saw on TV and was like, and I just got transfixed into it because it's a really sort of, I find the Australian Outback is a really striking visual landscape yes. and that this film is very visually striking and then I was just, the story really sucked me in and I was, I was surprised and I want to know what you thought. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed it as a wrong word. I was interested. By yeah. It. I was interested by the premise. I didn't know anything about film. the premise before. Um, yeah. I'd more say I was just really interested by it. Yeah. I don't know if it, like, as in it moved me, obviously, because, like, seeing children yeah. separated from parents is obviously mm-hmm. moving. 
that's a really hard scene as well to that's film. a really amazing scene because it focuses it, just, it locks <clears throat> the entire time on the kids you sort of hear the parents yeah you see them a little bit but not very mm. much yeah um so i liked it that way if i don't know if i would like watch it again yeah. or even recommend it like i wish there was a documentary on this i would rather watch a documentary on this i want to read the book though yeah the book would be interesting I find it difficult when they have, which is totally honest, like it's very realistic, but when they have stories about children going mm. a long way, yeah, because none of them talk, yeah, and I talk all the time, yeah, when I'm travelling and stuff, yeah, same. So I find it really like diff- not difficult to watch, mm. but I'm just like talk. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Find out some deep truth. Like, how you're yeah. doing anything. And obviously it's because they're, like, traumatised. Oh, definitely. They're walking for, like, miles at a time. And, mm. you know, they're, they're very different ages. They don't yeah. have enough food or water to drink and all of that kind of stuff. No. But for a film, it makes it less interesting. Because mm. this is one of those films that sort of... I find it could be made or braid made or broken by the child acting because obviously the main three characters are all children yeah and a lot of the time child actors are not good but i think in this they are the three of them very good especially evelyn sampy plays molly yeah who's the oldest who's the oldest she like it's i think it's impressive that someone that young carries a film like this yeah because it isn't it isn't a children's story it's equally like when i saw room jacob tremblay carrying that film i think was equally impressive and I think also with this, it's very weird for us, I think, as Brits, seeing Ken Brown play a villain. Oh no, he reminds me of Gilderoy Lockhart. But the thing about mm. him is that it's good casting in this. Yeah. Is that he's not, even though he's a clearly racist from yeah. the beginning, he's not a villain in no. terms of like, he's not like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's clearly like, I don't know if he thinks he's doing the right thing, but at least he thinks he's like following the rules. Mm. He genuinely believes in his racist ideology. Yeah. He's not like doing it out of spite, fear, or spite or something, yeah. which is not what's interesting. He's a twat. I don't yeah. know what, but like, and, and, you, and this film, this film, there's not a lot of dialogue in this film. It's a lot of kind of long shots, and especially when the trackers following them, because there's there's a character who is sent out to try and find them. Um, can't remember his. Mo- um, Mudu, played by David Goupil. Yes. Who, and the thing is that I've also never seen a film with a predominantly Aboriginal cast. Mm. And that's something... That was awesome. It was really awesome, and I think that it does do the sort of... the story justice, because I think the story still remains interesting. Yeah, the story is fascinating. Um, yeah, I just... I felt like there was a lot of them walking, which is obviously really important. Yeah. But they are basically just following a fence, mm. which is like interesting mm. to a point yes but i the i found the re-education camp really interesting mm. the fact that that existed and how they the people in charge dealt with the fact that a they think that these people are lesser than them yeah but b that they want to save them no. but c that they're like trying to keep them in control yeah exactly i would have loved to i wouldn't have loved it would have been horrible but like an it's such an interesting world because it's not and basically something we ever learn like about in school 10 minutes yeah. maybe because they escape so quickly I think, I think yeah they think they should have had a little bit more of a film yeah in there but I think the the fact that it is a period of history that we don't know about yeah it's something that I've never and it continued until 1970 which is 
It's terrifying. Mad. And like it's specifically targeted like because uh, they did a similar thing in the states with Native American children, but that was with all of them. It was in Australia. It was specifically mixed race children. Yeah. Which I found I found that really interesting. I went to see a play last year or maybe year before called A Nocturne Room at yeah. the National Theatre, which was mad, really good. Um, but it's all about there's like this pretty white girl mm. and then they find out, in America and they find out she's in the Octa room which means like her great great grandmother or mm. father was black so she's like an eighth black but by that time it mm. like your skin colour is it looks white basically it was interesting because in that play as soon as everyone found out she's in the Octa room no one wanted to talk to her mm. but in this they're aiming to get people to be Octa rooms because yeah. then they're like Oh, it's disgusting, but he's like, the Aborigine is, bl- like, the colour is bred out of them yeah. or something. It's gross. The, the landscape of Australia also kind of, that they knew that sort of a white person couldn't track someone along there, so they have to send yeah. an Aboriginal tracker out there. And it does just sort of, it makes you think, like, this landscape is so inhospitable, and yet people manage to live there for mm. tens of thousands of years. And these kids sort of have picked up a couple of skills already just from from their parents. Yeah. And they can use that to... Obviously, they're just following a fence. Yeah. But they use that to, like, survive. And those are really interesting aspects of the film. Yeah. And I, I really want people to watch this film because I think it's it's definitely... It definitely sparked my interest in something I hadn't ever thought about before. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very well-made film. Yeah. I just didn't... Mm. There are too many similar shots for my liking. Yeah. It's like, is them walking in this like beautiful landscape that's like both beautiful and terrifying, yeah. sublime. And then it's a shot of Kenneth Branagh dictating a letter to his secretary about like trying to capture them. Yeah. And then it's them again, maybe a tracker. It just was like, okay, I got like, I get what's going on here. No. Yeah. But it was good. It was like yeah. interesting. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. I feel like my TV is so different from this. There yes. was no segue. There's no segue. Was there segue possible? Um, okay, well, moving on to lighter topics. This week, I asked you to watch Love Island. So, Love Island is a British dating reality show, but there's also an Aussie version, I know, be excited by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be a celebrity series called Celebrity Love Island, which was in 2005 and 2006 on ITV, and then this one came up 2015. So it's changed. Um, it's presented by Carolyn Flack, narrated by Ian Sterling. Um, Love Island. And it is... I asked you to watch Series 3. Series 3, yeah. Episode 1. Which, I'm going to say now, and I stated before, not the best thing, right? Mm. Just not not the best episode TV, to watch, you but to you watch have to watch one. the first one. Because otherwise you won't explain it. You won't understand it even. Yeah. Yes. What did you think, Sam? And I don't okay. even know if I want to know. But so go. when I make notes for these shows, at the top of the page when I finish, I always do a little box with the score and the comment in it. So, for yeah. example, last week the Dinner Romantic four in a box because I gave it a four. Comment was interesting premise. Second half not as good, not funny enough. Okay. With Love Island, my comment is three words: Fuck this show. This is the worst thing I have ever watched in my life. It is televisual <laughs> chlamydia. It is so unbearably bad and also deathly boring it is it is so terrible i cannot understand how anyone watches this it is everyone on it is a moron in various ways not saying they're unintelligent but they're all idiots because they're on love island 
the narration, like I think Ian Sterling can be very funny. He's so funny in this. He's so irritating. I'm like, shut up, shut up. Oh Everyone on it is an show. idiot. The, the best thing is, is like, I'm in a bikini, I'm trying to look hot, and you can see the black band that they have to hold their mic pack up. Yeah, I love Because that. it's like, of course. And it's just, they are all idiots. And they all have these like little intro VTs. Like, I'm Montana, I'm a posh girl, but not just because I shop in waitress, but because my parents are rich and I'm like, jump off a bridge. I hate this so much. It's so bad. It's everything I hate about television is that it's stupid. The premise is awful. Everyone on it is vain and are just horrid. And it's also dull. It's terrible. I, oh, I hate the show so much. It makes me so angry. This is worse than the 10 year plan. This is worse than the 10 year plan. Okay, cool. So, what no. I would say to you is like, I don't disagree with any of your criticism. I too thought it was boring at first, in terms of it takes a long time for anything to happen. Equally, there is something about it that you will now never experience because you never watch it again. No. But there is genuinely something about it and so many people have told me this that you watch it and you go this is kind of shit and then you watch the next one and you're like still shit and then you continue to watch because who knows why but you just keep watching it and then you get finished a series and you're like that was the best thing I've ever watched in my life I would turn it off in 15 minutes but the minute no, they introduced you, contestant number two I, I was you, like goodbye I know you would but like I'm saying if you had continued everyone I know who's continued has been like Stockholm Syndrome into loving it yeah it's no weird, Stockholm it? Syndrome and I feel like I want to like, I want to love Island Truth for everyone who's ever watched it because it's awful. It's so, so like literally, there's just so many things wrong with it. And but you know, you were talking about like, oh, fire, it's okay because they're like posh rich people. Like, yeah, yeah. But I think it's the same thing with this because I, know. Like, I think you don't feel bad because they are a little bit vain. So, like, if stuff happens, they're like, you're beautiful, you'll yeah. be fine, you'll be fine. So that's but why. But fire has the framing okay. of at the end that they all then sue the dickhead. Oh, yeah. But this doesn't have that. This just has the... So, for example... No, they get eliminated. When, when contestant number one, people. I think it's one that she's called... Amber? Chloe. Cl Chloe. She literally starts counting for no apparent reason. And it's Chloe. like, oh, because you have nothing interesting about you. Like, then Amber Wait, you apparently pee pees in parties. What do you mean she can't start counting? Like, she's just, in her, like, intro VT, randomly starts counting. And I don't know why. She just starts I can't counting. That. Okay, well, I've watched this a long time. This is two years ago. Yeah, there's one I who diffuses landmines for a living, and I'm like, why are you here? You are too good for this show. Oh my god, Camilla, people love Camilla. I, I don't understand she's why she's still saying. with the guy that she met on the show. That's They're nice. They're so good, they do charity work like all the time. They're That's amazing. nice, but also, and also, all, really of, like all of the men are awful. Like, they're yeah. all annoying who I've just been like, get away from me. And it's, it's also like systemic racism because the first one they bring in is a black man and none of them choose him. Yeah, I know. That's why it's so... Okay, so this is my defence of Love Island. Is that it, ma it has made people talk about stuff that was not mm. acknowledged, especially in reality shows, yeah. for a long time. Mm. Like, it's the only show that is so wide appealing but also like so controversial. Mm. Even though like nothing happens in it to make it controversial, really, yeah. actually. Um, that like everyone mm. talks i've seen so many like really interesting articles about like what does this mean for black women what does this mean for black men yeah. like what does this mean for women it provoked a talk of gaslighting that like really haven't been seen in the media yeah. before like in i I'm, i don't mean you need to watch it i'm but, not going to but, no no, no i know that. i know i know but like then it is really cool that 
it provoked a lot of really interesting it, discussions about representation and like good. romance and but relationships. Also, like, and drag race has promoted these conversations in a way as well. Yeah, but to a specific, as in it has, but, but to, to a specific, specific audience yeah. and this reaches yeah. people that might. I'm not saying that all the people who watch Love yeah. Island are like suddenly now better informed. They're probably not. Like, no, they watch Love Island. I've, I've, I've got like I'm just so I hate. I mean, you can't so, hate so everyone who watches Love Island because you'd hate basically everyone. Like honestly, I, I, everyone just, I just don't understand how this show has an audience because it's obviously, fascinating no, to watch other no, people. The, the thing is, it's the I, I think I never got this with like Big Brother or anything. Oh, I don't like Big Brother. I never. I don't. The, basically, the two reality TV shows I watch are Bake Off and Drag Race, and they're both talent-based shows. Like, you have to be yeah, good at something yeah, yeah. to be on this show. Yeah, yeah. To be on Love Island, you have to be hot and have no personality. Uh, no, you have to have a personality. You have to have an abrasive personality. No, disagree with No, because they, no, this, this is the thing, is they try to, like, create drama in this first episode between Bikini Idiot number one and Bikini Idiot number five. I cannot remember the names. I think one of them was called Montana. Mm. Yeah, Montana is, isn't it? Right, cool. They try and create She's drama between... She's a mixed between... race one. Well. Cool. I honestly don't remember what she looked like. Okay. I... And they try to create drama between her and the girl they bring in as like the fifth girl who's gonna steal your man. Oh, and yeah, it's so is. obviously set up so she's gonna steal this one. Cool. Right. I didn't care. And yet they just kept saying things. I was like, why? Might, so, why are you so being this filmed? This is the problem with the first episode. Mm. Because obviously they're going in and they're still like very aware of the cameras. Yeah. And it's all really set up and like the, like, the interesting bits. I like, I now like all of it, but like every time it starts a new season, all the people who love Love Island go, it's not actually that good, is it? Like, like these contestants aren't as good as last year. But the thing is, like, when you start watching them, they forget the cameras are there. Mm. And they start getting more, I don't know if they're real, but you don't, the really interesting thing is you don't know whether they are thinking of the prize money the whole time, mm-hmm. or they forget it because they're spending, like, literally eight weeks of their life with these people that they've never met before. It's like watching your 14-year-old self when, because they're not allowed to drink alcohol yeah. and stuff. And, like, that's the last season they could smoke mm. on camera and stuff. So it's like watching your 14-year-old self and all of your friends when you had to, like, talk to the other gender or, like, the gender that you were attracted to um, at, like, an awkward disco where you had to, like, go on a school trip with them. But they're all hot and they're all of legal age. Yeah, but I don't want to relive that experience. I do because it's hilarious. No, because it's it's so funny now. It's one of the worst. Like, when they're like, um, I actually really fancy him, but I don't want to tell him myself. Can you tell him? No, I hate that because it reminds me of one of the worst periods of my life. The period that I just look back and I'm like, oh god, I'm a terrible person. And why do I want to watch that television? No, this is why I repress things because I don't want to watch it on ITV. (laughs) Also, complete tangent, but ITV player can go fuck itself. No, ITV player is the worst. Like, the fact that the ads just appear randomly, not when the ad breaks normally are in a show. Yeah, that happened. Two, the fact that the interface is terrible. You can't put it on full screen. It doesn't cast very well to a TV. No, it's like... I, ITV I really player sucks. ITV player is awful. But then it's it's just like... Do, 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 I just do, got so bored I've with this. I've got a text! I just... I didn't care. And all the men are so bland. Like, they're just abs and... Yeah, that, yeah, 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 no, I agree. No, actually, um, Chris and Ken, mm. do you meet them? I don't remember. Ken comes up with Amber. I can't remember who Chris comes up with. Anyway, um, they, again, the beginning, not the best bit. Mm. They start making friends and their personalities come out. Like, I'm not saying they're still nice people that I want to be friends with, or like, interesting intellectually, or mm. the is quite interesting, but, um, Camilla is just it's like, why are you here? Predominantly, they are. There's some. My mum likes this show. Like, as in, there's something very cute 
about the relationships they've formed, like female friendships and male friendships. But the recent series saw like really interesting discussion about is can female friendships become very tribal and like very horrible mm. to other people, which was really good. But like you do like Chris and Kevin form this bromance that everyone was like they should win the show. Blah, blah, blah. I just, yeah, it's I just, really good. I, I just hated, like I hated it so much because it was, it was like you were saying, it was just, it was like high school, and I hated high school. I don't want to relive that ever. I had a miserable time for seven years. I don't want to deal with that again on screen, but acted out by I people. Know, I feel like I'm watching the popular kids who like I wasn't as cool as having to go through the same stuff as me. That's why I like it. No, no, uh-huh. I just, I hated it so much, and I hated every, every element. Maybe hate it more because the like they when they pick the men it feels like an auction. Yeah. It, it maybe feels so gross. I ah oh, I could. It's a weird two way auction because they get to step forward but then the man gets the pick. I know. It's so weird. It, it it really just left a really sour taste in my mouth and also the fact that it was just like we've said that I when I'm watching something I'll watch it. Yeah. I switched off. I did my washing up. Yeah. I put you should on. be doing. I said you should be watching. Yeah, but the thing is, is the thing is is then I came back to it and nothing had happened. They were still sitting around the insert bit of the villa. Fireplace. I don't know. Talking about how... Fire pit, sorry. Uh, uh, Bikini Bimbo number four and Bikini Bimbo number two, both like ab douchebag number three. I don't remember any of their names. That's because you only watched one episode. But also they were awful and I hated it. I just, I hated it so much. No, it I understand so it. Viscerally angry. Like this that. is the thing. If you said to me, would you rather watch Love Island or the 10-year plan, I would watch the 10-year plan. Yeah, fool then. No. I mean, because the 10-year plan is bad and homophobic, yet also includes gay people. Don't know how that works, but it does. But, and then <laughs> this is bad and boring and sexist and racist and just everything about it is no, and so, and okay, horrible. so that's why I disagree with. I think that I think a lot of the challenges they set are really sexist, but the racist thing is racist in that it doesn't include in sufficient people who aren't white. But mm. equally, the reason I find Fair. it interesting is because what the contestants do yeah. is never set up to be racist. No, but it's, the interesting it just, thing about it, it is that it exposes what people do in relationships now. And it just, and I think that's it why it's me, so it makes me feel really ill because I just think like. And obviously you read all these stories about people that come back from Love Island and just, they're just broken by this process. And I'm just like, what has this show done to you? A lot of them get a lot of that out of it. Like, I know, but also I just... I know there have been like horrible reports recently. They've really stepped up the mental health support this year. Yeah, which, I mean... Which is amazing. That's that's a good thing, but also, also I just... late, but... A bit too late. I, just, I Yeah, I loaded this with a no, burning I've passion. Got it, I've got it. It was I, I terrible. Right, we're going to go to the leaderboard because otherwise I'm just going to angrily rant for ages. Right, leaderboard time. Scores on the doors. Okay. For hang-ups. I gave hang-ups a 7. Oh, I had a higher score, but I'm going to lower mine, actually. Mm. I'm going to give it a 5.5. 5.5, cool. Having talked about that, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It was good. Yeah, it's, 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 it was lacking in editing. Yeah, objected in plain sight. Oh, I gave this a 7. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I gave it a 5.5, just for kind of the reason that we talked about. I feel like the shots are really good, the pacing's a bit clunky. Yeah, fair. Uh-huh. Right through fence, I really like this film. I gave it 8.5. That's ridiculously high. That's mad high. No, I, I think it's... that's like films that I gorgeous. really like, like yeah. I genuinely love. Okay. Um, oh, I'm going to learn one again. I'm going to do a 6.5. Okay. I had 7 originally, but... Yeah, again, I thought just the premise was interesting, mm. but I didn't find the actual 
movie. Show. Um, Love Island. I gave an eight. Which is a travesty. No. I have so many good memories. I could understand if you gave it like a five. Like it's entertaining, but it's also you recognise that it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I gave it. Amazing TV. I gave it zero. Yeah, I know you gave it zero. It deserves. No, I mean the thing is, is I was thinking, would I give this a negative score? And actually, no, because that swings into so bad it's good. <laughs> like if you watch something, you're like, this is terrible, and I fully admit that it's terrible, but also I love it. Like Showgirls. Showgirls gets like a minus six for me. But minus. Yeah, because it's it's objectively awful. No, but I love you don't it. score correctly there. No, no. I give people like there's stuff on this that I think is so bad that it's good. That's why I give it an eight. Like it's so bad that it's good. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I just, oh. yeah, it, it, it was so bad that it's bad. it gives me a sense of community. And also boring. So, we get, progress to the leaderboard, uh, and there's no change at the top, nothing really yeah, damaged the top either. this week. But at the bottom, we have a brand new lowest TV show, which is Love Island. Still higher than our three lowest. Three lowest films, aren't we? Oh. I mean, I'm surprised that we haven't had a film surpass them. Yeah. I can't believe you put 27 Dresses near Love Island as well. You've given it 0.5. Yeah, no, because 27 Dresses had Judy Grimmer in it, so that gives it half a point. Yeah, but only half a point, that's mad. Yeah. I can understand you... if you had Love Island at zero, but anyway. Yeah. We won't go over 27 Dresses no. again, because it makes me really angry. Yeah, it makes me really angry as well, but for very different reasons. Yeah. So, as we go on to next week, what are we going to be watching? Um, next week, very different thing. Yeah. Um, I've gone for my TV show, I've gone for The Capture, which is on BBC at the moment. The finale mm. is, um, this, or was this week. Interesting. Um, and I've been really gripped by it. It's like Bodyguard, where it's like trash, but amazing. I've heard a lot of people talk about it, because Bodyguard was kind of like trashy line of duty. Yeah, it's like trashy Bodyguard. Okay. Oh, so even trashy, great, very hip. Well, sim, sim. Almost very similar, yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to give you my favourite bit of TV from this year so far, new TV, which is Chernobyl. Yeah, I'm really keen to see this anyway. So I think I've talked about it on an earlier episode, and it's 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 so good. It's a, it's a mini series, so obviously there's a finite amount that you can say about it, but from that first episode alone, I was so gripped. Okay, I'm hyped. Yeah. Um, for my film, I've gone for a film that I watched before I started university at the university that I was picturing. Yeah. Which we both did, yes. obviously. Which is where we met. Which is where we met. So, yeah. It's called The Riot Club and it's based on a play by Laura Wade called Posh, which is all based on the Bullington Club. Yeah. And it's just like posh one boys getting very drunk yeah, and like showing that they're horrible people. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't watch this film deliberately because I was going to said university. I went with some friends who were already there. Uh, I went to the cinema and then they were like, it's not like this. And I was like, I'm really stressed out now. Because yes, I feel like that would have really stressed me out. Yeah. Um, and then for my film, I, again, it's going to be Sam making Alice watch films so uh, you can talk about them with someone. Um, I would like you to watch Snowpiercer, which is a, f- a post-apocalyptic film that takes oh, place on a train. God, okay. It's... Nothing about that appeals to me. No, it's, it's, it's just, it's a bizarre film. I don't, I genuinely I don't. I really like The Little Hours and I thought all of your, like, fun... No one's heard of the films. We're gonna be like that. No, they're not gonna be like that. There's, I'm, I have a very big Ooh, range. Oh, it's a very high Rotten Tomatoes rating. Oh, did not realise that. Um, mm. But I think I think it's an interesting watch. I think it's got some very interesting decisions in it. Okay. I think that's the best way of putting it. Okay. So it's got Tilda Swinton, who we love Tilda Swinton, just because yeah. yeah. she just plays the weirdest one has characters. To love cute. 
Tilda Swinton. I know. I feel like if you were like, I don't like Tilda Swinton, people would like, be angry at you. Do you not like acting? Because she never plays <laughs> the same character twice. Yeah, true. true. Yeah, because I've seen the guy that directed Snowpiercer, Bong Joon-ho, I've seen another one of his films called Okja, mm-hmm. which has come out since after, so it's after Snowpiercer, because this is his first film that's in English. Right, okay. He's a South Korean 80% director. 80% in English, it says here. Yes, it's kind of a, a mixture of the two. Um, okay, awesome. But I'm, I'm interested to see what you think. I'm interested as well. Yeah, so thank awesome. you for listening this week. Yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at please don't make me watch at gmail.com. Make sure you have it right yeah. because apparently some of our mail has been diverted elsewhere recently. Yes, which is not okay, but never mind. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, you can find us on Instagram at please don't make me watch. You can find us on Twitter at don't make me watch. And you can find us on all good players of podcasts. Yes, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Yeah. All these things. Jazz. It's actually quite good. Yeah. If you could, like, not to be a cliche, but like, rate, and subscribe, yeah. that would be awesome. Five we could do with some ratings. That would push us up some... Metrics. Well, we're not in a chart, but, no. like, a metric. That would be great. Yeah, we have a lot of fun doing this, and we hope you have fun listening to it. That sounds really needy. I know. Please love us. Love us. Right, okay, bye. Bye.